the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Abby Feldman. I'm 12 years old. Coming up on this Hi Kids today, we have the head of CSO, Jivan Greenblatt. I'll be speaking to him in a little while. Also on the show, we have our general knowledge question to challenge your brain. And the Kids riddle to challenge your thinking. Here are the details. If you have any questions for my guest, or if you want to answer a general, general knowledge question, or if you just want to say hi. The SMS number is 34519. And the charge is 1 Rand 50. You can also send us a WhatsApp on 062-148-2374. Please sign your name. Get ready for an interesting show on Hi Kids today. Stay tuned. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. That song was We Are One from The Lion King. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Abby Feldman. I am 12 years old. Coming up, I've got the Hi Kids riddle and you can win a prize from Kid Co., if you are the first one to get the answer right, remember, you have to give others a chance to win. So if you won on Chai FM in the last 90 days, you can still enter the riddle, but you won't be able to win a prize. Get ready for the riddle. I also have um, Javon Greenblatt with me, the head of CSO. And so you can send your questions in to 34519. Also, WhatsApp us on 62 2374. Right after this. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. That song was We Got the Party by Hannah Montana. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Abby Feldman. I'm 12 years old. Are you ready for the riddle? Well, here it is. What can you hold without using your arms? I'll repeat that for the people who didn't hear. What can you hold without using your arms? If you know the answer, then SMS the answer and your name, I say again, and your name to 34519 can also win a prize from Kid Co. I'll be wrapping up the riddle in three minutes, so send your answers in. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. That song was Try Everything from Zootropolis. This is Hi Kids, for Kids, Bar Kids. My name is Abby Feldman. I am 12 years old. I have Javon Greenblack in studio. He is the head of CSO. I have a few questions for him. But before we speak to Javon, let's wrap up the riddle. There are lots of answers came in. Thank you. For, thank you for playing. Let's wrap it up. The riddle was, what can you hold without using your arms? Unfortunately, no one sent in the right answer. The answer was your breath. But from the Carpus kids, we got a party. We also got something else was a with well was a riddle is what only exists in light, but in direct sunlight it kills you. What am I? Maybe someone can send in a few answers for that. The first well we didn't really get so we we'll, let's move on to our next one. Stay tuned. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. 
That song was "Touch the Scar" from Brave. This is Scar Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Abby Feldman. I'm 12 years old, and my guest is Javon Greenblatt, the head of CSO. Hi, Javon. How are you? Okay, and you, Abby? Good, thanks. I have a few questions for you. You ready? Yes, I am. I've been saying CSO a lot, but what actually is CSO? So the CSO stands for the Community Security Organization.、Mm-hmm. We're a non-profit organization that is responsible for the safety and security of the Jewish community in、mm-hmm. South Africa. So we do everything from advising the community on how best to protect their installations.、Mm-hmm. We don't focus on、um, private houses and things like that specifically. We focus more on communal life.、Mm-hmm. And the main focus is to ensure that Jewish life and Jewish way of life in South Africa is safe and secure, and that we try our very best to empower the community to be able to look after themselves. And what is your favorite part? My favorite part is dealing with people、mm-hmm. and making a difference.、Um, I lived overseas for a couple of years in Israel. When we came back to South Africa, it was very important that I did something that was meaningful and that actually made a difference to. The community and to my people. So for me, that's probably the most enjoyable part and the best part of it. What tips do you suggest? There are lots of tips.、Um, you know, we could talk about、uh, individuals and people. We can talk about kids. I think probably one of the most important things is that people should always be aware of what is happening around them. I watch. Adults, kids, everyone walking around on their cell phones, absolutely oblivious to to what's happening around them. They're on social media, they're WhatsApping, they're not seeing what's happening. And sadly enough, when it comes to、um, criminal events, when it comes to incidents that happen against people, very very often they could be prevented if someone actually just was aware of the environment, was watching what was happening around them, and they could avoid it. They could walk to the other side of the road, or they could close the door or the gate. So I think that's probably one of the most important things as far as kids and people go in general. And what type of emergencies do you cover? So the organisation covers two things. Ninety-nine point nine percent of our stuff are not emergencies. It is preparing in case an emergency happens, or preparing our community and our installations, our schools, our schools, our restaurants. To prevent an emergency, so most of the stuff that our organisation does is education, training, preparing, giving advice to our community, to our rabbis, to our leadership, to our restaurants, to the community in general, on how best they can prepare, how best they can protect themselves. Generally, when an emergency happens, it means that something has failed in the process up to there that we haven't put the right processes in place to avoid an emergency from happening. Now, it doesn't always mean that 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 that's true, but generally, what we say is 99% of our work is done in preventing an emergency from happening. It's parents standing shifts outside their kids' schools. It's people, community members that stand shift outside their schools. It's people getting involved in the organisation. It's people going on courses and learning how best to protect themselves, protect their community, protect their family, friends, their kids, etc., etc. And there are many ways of doing that. You know, from people standing shift and doing things and being aware of the environment, physical security like walls and gates, closing gates. There's no point in having a big wall with a big open gate. Miles, you know, real security is closing the gate, and then procedures. You know, what to do if there is an emergency. The types of emergencies. You know, we live in a 
a very interesting and dangerous world now, sadly enough. I think there are amazing things about this world, there are amazing things about the country, but we can't be blind to the fact that there are terrible things that are happening around us. You watch what's happening in Europe at the moment. You're watching the terrorist attacks in Israel against uh, uh, Europe, our community, other communities. And, and really, I think that is what we are trying to prevent from happening by putting the right measures in place. And God forbid something like that should happen, then we train our personnel, our community, and our people to be able to deal with it, to respond to it appropriately, and to save as many lives as possible. That's actually amazing. Do you have an ed- a head office, or is it just throughout the community? No, so we do have a head office. We have um, 30 full-time staff that work for us, including a 24-hour control room. Our offices are just up the road, um, you know, within a kilometer of here. Uh, we have different people that do different jobs within the organization that are full-time paid people that run the various departments within it, running the schools, the schools, providing advice, training, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then the vast, then the rest of the organization is, and the vast majority of our organization is volunteers. And those are the people that step forward because they want to make a difference. They want to protect their people. They want to protect their community. And they are the guys that you see outside functions, looking after kids at camp, looking after shul schools and responding to incidents. Um, some of the incidents that we do deal with are things like suspicious activity where we need to go and see what it's about. Very often it turns out to be nothing, but sometimes it may be something that we need to deal with. Other times it's dealing with it's looking for missing people. Our organization has become, sadly enough, very good at finding missing people. If someone doesn't return home, et cetera, et cetera, um, we get called and we activate our team. They go out and look, and we have a full medical division by the name of Ezra. Ezra responds to all community medical things, but specifically around mass casualty incidents. That's the primary focus of what they do, but they also respond to day-to-day medicals as well. What kind of risks does C- CSO Black face? So there, there are many risks, and I suppose it's not really what the CSO faces, it's what the community faces. Now, um, we face the same kind of risks that people face all over the world, and it's not just about the Jewish community. Our mandate is to protect the Jewish community, but we work very closely with the authorities, we work very closely with other communities to provide advice and share information, uh, share, share, um, share ways and means of doing this. The community as a whole faces numerous threats. I mean, obviously, we deal with crime. Crime, not us as an organization, but the community has to deal with crime on a day-to-day basis. There are many security companies. The authorities deal with that. Our primary mandate as an organization is not to deal with crime, but obviously it affects our community, and sometimes we are forced to deal with things like that. Um, Our primary and our main mandate is to protect the community from what we are seeing happening now in Europe, from lack of a better – there's no softer way to say it – a terrorist attack against the Jewish community. Now, a terrorist attack can happen against any community, not just the Jewish community, but we are here to ensure that our community is, number one, ready to stop it from happening, and God forbid it should happen to our community, that we are best prepared to deal with it, to ensure that 
there is no loss of life or minimum loss of life or minimum injuries. The other thing that we do deal with, um, along with the Board of Deputies, is we deal with anti-Semitism. So we monitor anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism, um, because very, very often the one leads to the other. Someone who has expresses views of anti-Semitism down the line, and we've seen it around the world, can then take the next step and actually go from talking and from words of hatred to actually acts and physical violence. If you lose a car, like you see all your cars driving around the streets of Glen Hazel, are they marked or? So um, obviously there are tracking systems on our cars. Our cars are not specifically marked, although they are clearly recognizable. Um, you see these big black vehicles driving around. Um, we have uh, a number of vehicles that our volunteers use to drive around on Shabbos to do patrols around our shuls, around our schools during, you know, high-profile t- uh, events, etc., etc. They're not specifically marked. They are black, plain cars, four by four type cars, um, but they are very recognisable. Most people know what the CSO car is because they see them driving around and around on Friday night and Saturdays. You know, you on TV and functions and things like that. What is your telephone number? Our number is 086-18-00018. That's a 24-hour emergency number. Anything that is related to the Jewish community, anything that you're concerned about, any incidents that may happen, anything that you are worried about in relation to the Jewish community, any medicals, etc., etc., you can phone. So it's 086-CHI-000-CHI. So since we no one got the riddle right, if you can message in the number without looking on your parents' phone, you can get a prize from Kid & Co. So are your windows in your cars tinted? The windows in our cars are not tinted. I think it's important that the community is able to see who's driving around in cars. So the advantages and disadvantages to having like tinted windows in cars. For us, from a security point of view, it's the worst possible thing. We don't know who's inside the car. From a safety point of view, yes, maybe if someone wants to hijack or steal something from a car and they can't see what's happening inside, it's very, it's a very good uh, mechanism to use. Our windows are not tinted at all, no. Um, do you think it's safe to keep your phone in the car? So, definitely not for drivers. The kids out there don't have to worry about this because they shouldn't be driving cars. Yeah. Okay, for drivers, absolutely not. For a driver, you should have a hands-free kit, a Bluetooth kit. The, 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 your, your phone should be in the boot. For people and the passengers in the car, it's best not to. But I understand that people can't separate themselves from Facebook and social media and seeing what's happening in the world and getting their phone calls. So from our point of view, you just once again have to be aware of what's happening around you. If you stopped at a stop street and you see that there are strange people around, whether um, they are look like beggars or whether it's just people that you don't know, then it's best not to have your phone and be on your phone. It's best to be looking up and aware. If you are aware of what's happening around you, nine out of t- and you look like you're aware of what's happening around you, nine out of ten times people will leave you alone. If you're focusing on your phone and looking down, you won't even see someone maybe coming up to your window and uh, trying to grab your phone. So I'd say best not. Do you wear special uniforms? 
So as a security company, and the CSO is a registered security company, there is specific branding and uniforms. So we don't have like a uniform like you would see with guarding companies at installations or police or military, that kind of thing. But we do have, we wear, we have specific jackets that we wear or shirts. You have to have a certain kind of brand on your, on, on your clothing and on a card that tells people which security company you're from. So the volunteers working outside schools and schools don't wear um, a specific uniform. The guys that are um, more regular volunteers working functions, etc., etc., in camp, they do wear a shirt or a T-shirt with the CSO branding on it. Do you think it's safer to live in a house or in a complex? So that's a loaded question. Um, it depends on what security you have at your house, and it depends on what security you have at your complex. There are some massive complexes where nobody knows their neighbors. No one knows who's inside uh, the complex. There's no control over who's coming in and out. And some of those complexes are not as safe, whereas your house, you know exactly who's supposed to be there, who's not supposed to be there, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I've asked you this. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite part about this? But And you said it was dealing with people. How do you deal with people like how do you do it how do you do it with a lot of patience um there are many different types of people different types of people and most of the people that i'm dealing with are very very passionate about being involved in the organization everybody that's involved in our organization wants to give back to their community um i think that you know, recognizing their passion, recognizing their will to, to give up their time, et cetera, et cetera. You have to be patient with people. You have to be understanding. It's not always possible. You know, sometimes I have a bad day. Sometimes I have a good day. But generally, I think that just being patient and understanding is the best way to deal with people. So we're going to take a little break now. We're going to play a song and we'll get back to you soon. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. That was Through Heaven's Eyes by the Prince of Egypt. This is Hi Kids for Kids. My name is Abby Feldman. I'm 12 years old. I'm here with Javad in studio and we're back with a few questions. So how would you keep your home safe besides gates and walls and fences? And <laughs> so I think a lot of it is seichel and common logic. You don't open your doors to someone you don't know. If someone comes to your front door and says, I'm here to deliver something, you need to kind of think to yourself, am I expecting something? Is this something that I would order or someone would order? If you don't know where it is or you haven't ordered something like that, say uh, someone comes from take a lot and says they're there to deliver something or they say they're there from, um, I don't know, to check the, the water, etc. I, I would just take the thing and close the door. Just say... So the best thing to do is to ask them questions, okay, see where they are. If you're still uncomfortable with who they are, you're not expecting them, then you can ask them or you can go and Google the number of their company and you can find their company and say to them, excuse me, I'm here with so-and-so, and and, uh, did you send them to deliver something or check something or do something? So there are lots of ways of doing it. I think one of the best things is to use your mind and use your seichel. Obviously, um, things like closing, having a gate, a strong wall and a strong gate, but when the gate is open, doesn't make a difference because they can still walk in there. But I think it's important that you and your family 
understand the environment that they're living in. You know, you tell each other when you're expecting guests and visitors and deliveries and things like that. You all understand the emergency numbers that you need to phone. You know them. You know who to speak to. You have each other's uh, telephone numbers. You can phone each other. And uh, and then you have your standard things, alarm systems, um, your electric fences, your walls, the physical security around you. But that doesn't mean that that's a be-all and end-all. I think basic Yiddish seichel and a Yiddish kop and understanding what is safe and what isn't safe is important. And, oh, ooh, there's so many questions here. Um, do people recognize you? Do people recognize me personally or do people recognize uh, the CSO as an organization and our protectors? Me personally, I've spoken in public forums before. I stood up at the Jewish Board of uh, Deputies Conference and spoken. So, yes, people recognize me to a large degree. Um, some do, some don't. Uh, I, I don't put myself out there to be recognized, but I have been um, on public stages before. So, yes, people do. And was it fun being or speaking? Um, I don't mind doing it. So uh, it's not your favorite thing? It's not my favorite thing to do, but I get on and do what I have to do in order to make sure that we can protect this community. And how does it feel being on the radio? So this, I have to tell you, is the first time I've ever been on radio. And how's it been so far? And I've got to tell you, it's an amazing opportunity, and thank you for giving it to me. It's it's a lot less scary, and I think thanks to the team over here, it's a lot less scary than I thought it would be. Um, it's a conversation, so I must say that it's a lot easier than I thought it was. I was kind of nervous a little bit. Everyone is. This guy. We, you can thank Mandy, our producer, for inviting you here today. Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> Mandy's sitting there. She doesn't want to be on radio. Um, what is the weirdest question you've gotten about CSO? Wow, that's asking complicated things. Um, I don't know if there are weird questions. I've always believed that every question is a good question. It just depends on how you answer it. Um, so I wouldn't say that I've got like weird questions about the CSO. I think sometimes people don't fully understand who we are and what we do and the difference between us and other security companies, et cetera, et cetera. So I suppose some of those I can like go, that's weird. I thought people knew this. But generally, I don't mind. I don't consider anything a bad question. I don't consider anything a weird question. I'm happy to answer anything as best I can. So do you... Fine. So let me let me rephrase this. What is the not worst but least best question you've gotten? <laughs> I, I don't know how to put it besides weird. Um look it's a it's actually I suppose a very serious question. So the questions that I find the most difficult our job is to protect the Jewish community mm -hmm. against some very, very scary things out there. Terrorism is not a pleasant thing. Yet at the same time, it is so important that Jews in this community are not scared to live as Jews. So we can't be fear-mongering. So people ask us questions around things like terrorism, around things like threats to the community. 
And I think it's really, really important that we answer in a way that allows them to understand that there are concerns, <clears throat> there are problems out there, but at the same time that we cannot live our life in fear. And I find that a very, very difficult question to answer because you have to answer it in different ways to different people. To answer that to a group of 12-year-old kids is very different to the way I'd answer that to a group of adults or to, um, to people that are already involved in our organization. And what equipment do you think you can use to keep yourself safe? I don't think it's equipment. Yes, equipment's very, very important, but equipment's not the most important thing. I've mentioned it a couple of times during this radio show, and I'll mention it over and over again, that being aware of your surroundings, not being lost in your telephones, walking in the streets, totally oblivious to what's going on if you're in the shopping centers, being aware of what is happening around you. If you see something that is suspicious, being able to notify, notice it and report it. Not walking into a group of people who may be looking to mug you or take your phone from you or something because you didn't look up and didn't see them standing there. You know, we obviously as an organization have a lot of equipment. We use radios, um, our vehicles, all the equipment that we use to carry out our security duties, etc., etc. But all of that means nothing if you don't equip yourself with knowledge, okay, and the ability to be able to cope with and deal with a situation as it arises and being aware of what is going on in your environment and around you. So you said that we don't need we don't need to rely on equipment as much as we need to do rely on ourselves. That's it. The human brain is the strongest tool that we have. That is the thing that is going to make all the difference in the world. Everything else is just something that the human brain uses. The brain comes first. That is a piece of equipment that is the most important to use. I'm about to start up an argument like a 12-year-old should. So you're saying we shouldn't have alarms and stuff in our house? Absolutely not. You should absolutely have alarms. But there's no point in having an alarm if you don't remember to arm it. There's no point in having a gate if you don't remember to, to, to close it. There's no point in having mace if you're unaware of what's happening and by the time you need to use it, it's too late to pull it out. So there are many things, there are many pieces of equipment that can aid you and assist you, um, no doubt about it. But I think that understanding and your brain is the first and foremost, that is the most important thing. Other things are just tools and aids to assist you. But if you if you don't use those tools or don't know how to use them properly, then they're all useless. But you have tools in everyday life, right? Yes. And you're saying our brain is the most important thing. Absolutely, yeah. But not all people have the enough sense to actually think, okay, so this guy came up to my car and I have a pedal and I have a brake. I think I'm going to choose the brake. So that comes down to training. That comes down to preparing. And that comes down to having contemplated the fact that something like that can happen. Most people, when something happens to them that they don't even imagine, they, 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 they've never thought of. So if you live in a world where you think, in South Africa, you think that it's absolutely impossible that someone would hijack a vehicle kind of thing. When, God forbid, someone is hijacked, the first thing you're going to do is freeze because you can't believe that is happening to you. Okay. When you have contemplated in your mind that I know it's possible, please God, it never happens to me. But if it happens, this is what I think I will do. 
then all the equipment around you can be effectively used. So that's why I say knowledge, training, getting yourself equipped with your mind first and then all the other little things around you. But the mind becomes... But you don't necessarily have to be equipped for it. If, God forbid, someone goes into your house and you don't know what it is or anything, you need... All you need to know is I have alarm on alarm button behind my door. I know where this is. I have this and this. You don't... I don't think you necessarily have to be in the right... Know all of that. I think that... Alarms, alarms and stuff like that would keep you as safe alarms, as knowing. Absolutely critical. And I agree with you that equipment is equi- is critical. But if you don't know that that alarm button is behind you or you don't know how to get to the closest panic button in your house, if you then – so you have to practice the basics. You have to. Why do we run fire drills at schools? When someone sees a fire, they're not going to run away from it anyway. But we practice fire drills at school so that if, God forbid, there is a reason to evacuate a school for any reason, whether it's a fire, whether it's an incident, etc., etc., that the kids don't have to use their mind as much because their body has already learned. Their mind has already contemplated what they need to do. The body automatically kicks into action. So even for a panic button, if I've never looked at it and I don't care and I've forgotten it's there and I've never thought that I have to use it, the last thing I'm going to think of doing if someone comes into my house is pushing the panic button. But there is a difference between knowing about your house, knowing what's around your house, and knowing how to act. Absolutely. But you are saying that you just need to know how to act. You, But you need to learn how to act first. It's not always intuitive. So that's what we as an organization do. We train people how to appropriately act. We train people how to think first. And when they have practiced it often enough, it almost becomes muscle. It becomes automatic, uh, like uh, an automatic reaction because your brain has already contemplated and learned how to deal with it. I've, I'm sorry, but I'm leaving this on a very almost high note. Thank you so much for coming into Kids today. It's an we really pleasure. appreciate it. The whole crew appreciates it. And I appreciate this recent argument we've had. Thank you very much. And it's really been amazing to be here. Um, before we go, there's yes. been one question. Mm-hmm. What is the right thing to do if you've been hijacked? First of all, human life is more important than any physical things. If someone wants to take your phone, give them your phone. If someone wants to take your car, give them your car. So to avoid being hijacked, be aware of what's happening around you. If you see someone approaching your car, maybe then you can drive off. Maybe you can't. You'll decide. The most important thing is to stay calm and cooperate with them. By then, it's too late. There's no point in trying to be a hero. And it's more important that you and your passengers get out of there alive, unharmed, and well. You can lose a car. You can replace a car. You can replace a phone. You can replace anything. But you can't replace a person. So I think the most important thing, be calm, cooperate, give them the car, don't fight with them, don't argue, don't become difficult, and walk away from it. Thank you. We really appreciate your answer and coming into Chai Kids today. Thank you so much. Great being here. You're listening to Chai Kids on 101.9 Chai FM. That song was The Gospel Truth by Hercules. This is Chai Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Abby Feldman. I'm 12 years old.
This had been Chai Kids. Join us tomorrow at 3 p.m. for another Chai Kids show on only on 101.9 Chai FM. Thank you for Mandy and Vusi for pushing the red buttons. Bye and thank you.